The most important thing you can do is follow the Holy Spirit. Just do as what He leads. Follow Him, even if it doesn't make sense. That uh, you just, you just, you know, if you've never done it that way or whatever it is, you know, like Jesse getting up, I can count on one hand how many times he's gotten up and spoke in front of a, in front of a group. But it blessed us, didn't it? Amen. All the way through worship, I kept seeing J, uh, Justin getting up and reading Exodus 14. So would you read that for us? The whole thing. The whole thing, please. And the Lord said to Moses, Tell the Israelites to turn back and encamp before Pi-haroth, <laughs> between Migdal and the Red Sea, before Baal-sapan. You shall encamp opposite it by the sea. For Pharaoh will say of the Israelites, They are entangled in the land. The wilderness has shut them in. I will harden, make stubborn and strong, Pharaoh's heart, and he will pursue them. And I will again honor and glory over Pharaoh and all his host. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord. And they did so. It was told the king of Egypt that the people had fled, and the heart of Pharaoh and of his servants was changed toward the people. And they said, What is this we have done? We have let Israel go from serving us. And he made ready his chariots and took his army, and took six hundred chosen chariots and all the other chariots of Egypt, with officers over all of them. The Lord had made hard and strong the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he pursued the Israelites, for they left proudly and defiantly. The Egyptians pursued them, and all the horses and chariots of Pharaoh and his horsemen and his army, and overtook and camped the Red Sea by Piharoth in front of Baal-Zephon. When Pharaoh drew near, the Israelites looked up, and behold, the Egyptians were marching after them. And the Israelites were exceedingly frightened and cried out to the Lord. And they said to Moses, It is because there are no graves in Egypt Is it because there are no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness? Why have you treated us this way and brought us out of Egypt? Did we not tell you in Egypt, let us alone, let us serve the Egyptians? For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. Moses took the people, told the people, Fear not, stand still, firm, confident, undismayed, and see the salvation of the Lord which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians you have seen today, you shall never see again. The Lord will fight for you, and you shall hold your peace and remain at rest. The Lord said to Moses, Why do you cry to me? Tell the people of Israel to go forward. Lift up your rod and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. And the Israelites shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. And I, behold, I will harden, make stubborn and strong, the hearts of the Egyptians, and they shall go into the sea after them. And I will gain honor over Pharaoh and all his host, his chariots and his horsemen. The Egyptians shall know and realize that I am the Lord when I have gained honor and glory over Pharaoh, his chariots, and his horsemen. And the angel of God who went before the host of Israel moved and went behind them. And the pillar of the cloud went from before them and stood behind them, coming between the host of Egypt and the host of Israel. It was a cloud and darkness to the Egyptians, but it gave light by night to the Israelites. And the one host did not come near the other all night. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all the the night, and made the sea dry land, and the waters were divided. And the Israelites went into the midst of the sea on dry ground, the waters being a wall to them on their right hand and on their left. The Egyptians pursued and went in after them into the midst of the sea, even all Pharaoh's horses, his chariots, and his horsemen. And in the morning... 
watch, the Lord, through the pillar of fire and the cloud, looked down on the host of the Egyptians and discomfited them, and bound, clogged, took off their chariot wheels, making them drive heavily. And the Egyptians said, Let us flee from the face of Israel, for the Lord fights for them against the Egyptians. Then the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand over the sea, that the waters may come again upon the Egyptians, upon their chariots and horsemen. So Moses stretched forth his hand over the sea, and the sea returned to its strength and normal flow. When the morning appeared, and the Egyptians fled into it, being met by it, and the Lord overthrew the Egyptians and shook them off into the midst of the sea. The waters returned and covered up the chariots, the horsemen, and all the host of Pharaoh that pursued them. Not even one of them remained, but the Israelites walked on dry ground in the midst of the sea, the waters being a wall to them on their right hand and on their left. Thus the Lord saved Israel that day from the hand of the Egyptians, and Israel saw the Egyptians dead upon the seashore. And Israel saw that great work which the Lord did against the Egyptians, and the people reverently feared the Lord and trusted in him. Remain steadfast to him, the Lord, and to his servant Moses. The PowerPoint, can you put up that map? Are you still up? You took everything down? Pastor Greg, can you help her? How many times have you ever in your life felt like you were just wandering around? Yes, rhetorical. Thank you, George. <laughs> yes, rhetorical. <laughs> 17. But we can, we can get to the point in our life where we feel like we're just going through the motions. We're just, you know, we seem like we've, we've gone around in circles. We keep coming back to... Uh, where we've been before, and we don't feel like we've made any ground. We've never, we don't feel like we've we've made any progress, and you know it's just this life we're going through. And and uh, this this morning, as I was reading this verse, I had something else on my heart to preach this week, and I got I read this chapter. It was just part of the the daily reading that I'm doing, that I'm a part of, and you know that I'm reading. And uh, I re- read this chapter, and it just struck me. I don't, I don't know why. It just there's times when uh, when I preach, when I when I share vision, you know, I cast vision. There's other times when I teach. There's things that we need to be taught and things we need to apply to our life. But when I read this, it was just like there are times when when someone preaches, when I preach, that it's just reminding you of what you already know. And it's good to be reminded of what you already know, because we've heard it and we've heard it and we've heard it. So many times that that we it becomes kind of like a uh, a well worn path, you know. It just no grass grows there anymore. We just we've heard it so many times we don't get anything new out of it. But as I read this this morning, this struck me that the red path there, the red uh, dotted line from the land of Goshen down through Migdal and across the Red Sea, that that narrow spot all the way down, down to Mount Sinai, which is Mount Horeb, all the way back up, round in circles for a while, and then across over to um, what's Israel. Israel is up in the upper right-hand corner. See Gaza, that Hebron, all that Beersheba, that is Israel. The land of Goshen is where the Israelites were, were at in Egypt, 
And that direct line toward the land of the Philistines, that direct line was the shortest route. Many people say that they could have made that trip in three days. But the Bible says that God said, I'm not going to send them along that path because they might get to the Philistines, they might get into the land of the Philistines, encounter a battle, and retreat and go back to Egypt. So he led them away from the land of Israel, the land of Canaan, later becoming the land of Israel. He led them in a completely different direction. He led them south. Instead of letting, leading them east, he led them south. And he led them into a boxed-in situation. Sometimes when, when we're living our life, and then all of a sudden we come into this, this situation, you know, and we're thinking, well, God's taking me from here to there. And we, we have this phrase in our, in, our, in our mind, in our heart, that the, uh, the path to righteousness is straight and narrow. And so we assume that everything that God does in our life is straight and narrow. When in reality, sometimes He takes you in the opposite direction. Sometimes He actually, we, we, we get into situations where like, well, how in the world did I get here? Was it disobedience? Did I miss something? God, are you, did, why, did you, why did you, you know, I thought you were leading me and all of a sudden now I find myself here. And you're boxed in. You can't go forward anymore because there's this big body of water, the Red Sea. And they're in a canyon, so there's, there's mountains on both sides. And so you're in, they're boxed in. And then all of a sudden, your arch enemy is behind you, breathing down your neck. And you're thinking, oh my goodness, how in the world did I get here? The truth is, God may have led you there. He may have led you into the very situation you're trying to get out of right now. Don't! But wait a second, that, that can't be God. God leads us in the straight and the narrow, and, and, on, and everything we put our hands to prospers. And every, you know, what do you mean? Sometimes we get into a situation that is just seems impossible, it seems horrid. I mean, think about it. I mean, if you were a part of the Israelite camp that day when they're boxed in against the Red Sea, and all of a sudden you see all the armies of your enemy swooping down in their best. I mean, they, they didn't take the second-rate chariots. They brought the 600 best and all the other ones. These guys came loaded. Some days you feel like your enemy has come loaded for you. And they've got you in, your, in their sights, and they're ready, and they're trained, and they're, they are going to win. Every report says they're going to win. They are going to destroy you today. And the ones that they don't destroy, they're taking back into captivity. And the last thing that would ever jump into your mind is that maybe God led you right there, right now. Because God wouldn't do that to me. God loves me. God has my best interests in mind. He wouldn't take me into danger. Yes, He would. He's done it before. Why wouldn't He do it now? Oh, it's a, it's a terrible place with the wrong perspective. 
It's a terrible place to be when you're boxed in and you have no hope. There is no hope. There's none. There's none left. You are done. And everything you value is done. Everything you hold dear is in danger. It's a horrible situation. And God led me here? Why in the world? Why would God lead me into this horrible situation? The best answer I ever heard from R.W. Schambach was, He's using you as bait. When I heard that, I thought, oh my gosh. That's amazing. He's using me as bait. Come and get them, Egyptians. Here they are. Set up for you. We teed them up for you. All you have to do is swing. Come here, Egyptians. Come here, enemy of your soul. Come here, enemy of your life. That person who's ready to backstab you and steal your job. Come come here, poverty. Come here, poverty. And you might think, oh, there's no hope. There's no way out of the situation. There's, there's nothing left I can do. There's, I am absolutely at the, the mercy of the Egyptians. Wrong answer. You're not at the mercy of the Egyptians. You're at the mercy of God. He boxed them in. He led them there. He boxed them in. And then he drew. It says that he hardened Pharaoh's heart to draw him. Why? Because he wanted, and I love verse 13. Oh, I couldn't help but say amen when he read verse 13. I love. It's one of, oh, it's just a great verse. Let me read it again. Do not, Moses answered the people, do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance of the Lord or the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. God is using the situation you're in right now to destroy the enemies that are trying to overtake you. What are those enemies? Fear, lies, Satan, whatever that is, debt, poverty, sickness, all those things he's, he's bringing there because he has an answer. He has an answer, and it isn't the answer you think it's going to be. Why? Because the, the, the Israelites, if anybody who was a strategist was sitting there that day going through his mind, he's going, okay, well, we have these options. We can return our own attack. We can surrender. We can run for the hills. And then let, you know, whoever is strong and fast enough can get free. And they're strategizing all the way through. And they go, okay, God, well, here's my options. And God goes, no, you're going to go through the lake. Really? We're going through the lake. We're going through the water. And God says, watch. Protects them from the backside, pillar, fire. I mean, that's just cool. Smoke and darkness on one side, on the Egyptian side. Light and fire on the other side. It says that that Moses stretched out the rod. You've seen the Ten Commandments. Oh, it's an awesome scene. 
the wind of God starts to blow, blows on all night long. The waters stack up on both sides. Miracle. Dry ground. Miracle. Going across. You know, the, I, I, I have to think that the Israelites, as they were going through, thinking, this is amazing. This is a miracle. Look, God is so good. God is wonderful. God is amazing. God is fantastic. This is, oh, praise God, this is amazing. And they're crossing through. And then all of a sudden, the absolute unthinkable, I mean, why would God do this? He lifts the pillar of fire, and the Egyptians start coming across on dry ground. Whoa, God, whoa, 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 stop the movie here. You, I don't get this. Why are you letting them across uh, on dry ground? Why are you letting my enemy follow on my escape route? Because he's using you as bait. Whatever situation you're in, it may look absolutely impossible. I can, you know, I mean, I know people in this church. I know people in the congregation. I know my own life. I could give you a dozen different situations that are happening right now that are impossible. Absolutely impossible. And God, has, I believe God's led you there. Why? Because He wants you to see the glory of His hand. And he wants to destroy your enemies forever. And what, and what does he say to them? I love the lines. I mean, this whole chapter is full of great lines. The whole line is, why are you whining to me? God says this to Moses. Why are you complaining? Why are you whining? Tell them to move forward. What's the answer in the middle of a crisis? It's to move forward. It isn't to throw your hands up and retreat. Okay, I give up. I'm sorry. We've done that way too many times, church. We've done that so many times, and it doesn't work. It doesn't work. You cannot appease the devil. You cannot appease evil. The only thing, the only real answer we have is to move forward into the miracle. I have a situation going on in my life right now, and I'm believing God. I'm saying, okay, God, I have no other way out of this. Only you, by a miracle of your hand, can change this situation. That's the only answer. There is no other answer. There's nothing I can make up. I, there's nothing I can do. There's no, there's no uh, scheme that I can put into, situation, into play. God, this has to be you and your, your miracle. And every day he says, okay, keep walking forward. And each day I walk forward, and it's still dry land. But there's still a way for the enemy to get me from the backside. We just have to keep moving forward. That's our part. He's done everything else. And when we're safely through, and the enemy is in the middle of the water, I'm going to finish with this. Meditate on this. Meditate on where your life is. I want you to hear this. Go, turn to chapter 15. It's the next chapter. Immediately when they see all of this happen, people start dancing and singing and partying and going on. Exodus chapter 15, beginning with verse 13. This is a song that Miriam and the, and the women are singing. 
says, in your unfailing love, you will lead the people you have redeemed in your strength. You will guide them to your holy dwelling. The nations will hear and tremble. Anguish will grip the people of Philistia. The chiefs of Edom will be terrified. The leaders of Moab will be seized with trembling. The people of Canaan will melt away. Terror and dread will fall upon them. By the power of your arm, they will be as still as stone until you people pass by, your people pass by, O Lord. Until the people you bought pass by. You will bring them in and plant them on the mountain of your inheritance. The place, O Lord, you made for your dwelling. The sanctuary, O Lord, your hands established. The Lord will reign forever and ever. Once you get through this, once God takes you through whatever situation you're going right now, I guarantee you any enemy who tries to stand up, and stand up against you on the other side is going to tremble in fear. It isn't just about destroying the enemies behind you. It's about, it's about freezing the enemies in front of you. Because a couple of things are going to happen. One is they're going to hear the report. Oh, does that mean they didn't, you know, don't, aren't going to try to attack or try to, try, to, try to disrupt what you're doing? No, because we see that's what happened in Israel. But it's said that the fear of the people, the fear of the Israelites came on the people of Canaan. They were scared to death. And the other thing it did, so, so on one side, the enemies are, 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 are afraid now, and, that's, and fear is a wonderful, wonderful tool against somebody. And God puts the fear into the world. When, when a Christian walks through, claims his place as, as, as the, uh, the, the member of the body of Christ, when they walk in the faith and the trust that God is, is who he says he is, when they, when they move forward with confidence, the enemy gets scared. But the other thing that happens is it emboldens the child. It emboldens you. You know what? I went through the, I went through the water. Miracle. Dry land. He destroyed my enemies behind me. And if he did that, he'll do it again. Bring it on. Come on, let's go. Nothing better than a roaring success to make you ready for the next encounter. Don't back up. Don't give up. I don't, it's, 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 it's impossible. I'm looking around the room and I'm seeing faces of people who are going through things right now and it's impossible. It's impossible. It's, it is, there's no way in, in, in the earth, there's no way in human standards that it's going to turn around. But I guarantee you in the name of Jesus if you keep moving forward. You're going to win. And you're not going to see those enemies ever again. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.